WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. We're going to take a trip right now. Like we always do about this time. This is a journey into sound. I'm Kyle Long, and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto, made possible in part by the Indianapolis Foundation, celebrating over 100 years of service. On tonight's show, I'll be speaking with composer and clarinetist Eric Salazar and R&B singer Damon Carl. Eric Salazar has a new album out on the Centaur label titled Soul Search, and he joins me now to share some tracks off that album. And Eric, we don't typically associate the clarinet with electronic music, right? (laughs) But on your new album, Soul Search, you're merging these two worlds together, and the results are really fantastic. (laughs) So first, just congrats on this record. Ah, It sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you think it's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to listen to some cuts off the album tonight. But first, I wanted to remind our listeners how you developed an interest in the clarinet way back in the day. And if I remember correctly, it involved Tom and Jerry cartoons. Is that right? That's absolutely correct. Yes. Uh, so I, that's the TV show I'd watch after school pretty much every day. Um, and then if I happened to pretend to be sick, I got to watch even more of it during the day. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd watch Tom and Jerry, and I just remember hearing this sound, and I'm almost positive it was they were using Rhapsody in Blue, the opening clarinet solo. And it was just that sound, and I really wanted that sound. I wanted to create that sound. So then when in general music uh, in elementary school, when we started to identify instruments, it, it and someone told me the name of that instrument, that's when the decision was made. <laughs> and so... Uh, when it was time to, you know, when you can choose a band instrument in sixth grade, um, there was just no other option for it. It was clarinet, and they tried to get me to try saxophone. You sure you don't want to, like, hit stuff? Percussion? No, clarinet. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a a kind of a huge question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How did you move from, you know, the kind of Tom and Jerry interest in the clarinet (laughs) to the more experimental clarinet sounds we hear on Soul Search? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I am classically trained, so the whole reason I even decided to be a musician in the first place was from uh in high school i was i played bass clarinet at that time and i was in a jazz band in high school and for whatever reason i could solo i I could improvise so they had me play some solos and i happened to play at this purdue jazz festival that they hold every year it's a pretty pretty cool event for those students um and it went well and the judges like deliberately called me out in a good way on their comment sheets and they uh, you know record tapes as they're listening and they just were like raving about this bass clarinet soloist and so we're playing fast forward a few months to sort of the end of the school year we're playing the finale concert in high school and my band director told the whole auditorium about how this jazz band won this really special award called the Judge's Choice Award. And he told all them, like hundreds of people, that he was certain that it was because of our bass clarinet soloist, Eric Salazar. And so then the most crazy thing happened, and the whole audience like clapped and cheered. And I just remember thinking at that moment, like, look at how happy all these people are and they're they're this happy and all I did was play my instrument so then I thought well that's what I'm gonna do for my whole life I'm just gonna help people have better happier lives by playing an instrument so I went to college and did all the classical training and after a bachelor's degree and a master's degree um, I 
pretty much I've always improvised and I basically just decided to write it down. <laughs> and I went into my master's degree recital because your, your final exam when you're getting a degree in playing an instrument is you have to give this hour-long performance and it's supposed to be pretty much flawless. <laughs> um, but I went into that having prepared a piece and it's on this album, it's called Siren. I basically recorded myself improvising and then layered those improvisations on top of each other to create this electronic backing track and I processed the sound so sometimes it sounds like clarinet sometimes it doesn't sometimes it's sounds really electronic um, and so I went into my master's recital and I handed the person who was running sound I handed him a CD with siren on it the backing track of siren and I said I don't know if I'm actually going to play this, but if it seems like there's an encore, this is what it's going to be. <laughs> so I guess I played well enough because there was an encore. <laughs> and I ended up performing Siren for the first time, like my first performance of an original piece. some of my most trusted friends were like, Eric, you know, your classical playing's really great and everything, but that last piece you played that you created, that is what you need to do. They told me that that was like the most, the best they've ever heard me play and the most they've ever heard me play like myself. It's sort of like I found myself in that moment. And Eric, I know you've had a few uh, recordings floating out in the digital world. Is this, though, kind of your first official release, would you say, Soul Search? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's with, it's with on Centaur Records, which is a pretty prominent classical music label. Yeah, one, one of my favorite classical <laughs> music labels. Yeah, it's so it's a pleasure to be on that catalog. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd say so. I, I've s- self-released some, and then I was a part of the... Records for a Reason project with Beneficence Records also, but yeah, this is sort of the the first, the big one. <laughs> yeah, and it is, the record is released through Centaur, which mm-hmm. is an important classical music label. They put out a lot of interesting music and a lot of uh, music composed by living people, such as yourself. <laughs> yes. uh, it's a very respected and influential label, I think, in the world of contemporary music. How did you get connected with uh, Centaur? And kind of talk to me about the relationship <laughs> you have with the label. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny because some of my classical colleagues are like, well, Eric, how'd they find you? And <laughs> that's uh, not how the world works anymore. <laughs> uh, but basically, I recorded this album at IUPUI with the fantastic Doug Bielmeyer, amazing genius audio engineer. And we we basically completed the album and we had this album. And then I did a really nerdy thing and made a spreadsheet of about three dozen music labels. Uh, it was more like a hundred actually, just like <laughs> hundreds. And I sent an email, basically a cold call to every single one of them. And most of them said no, <laughs> just because that's how it is. You know, it's tough to break through. Um, but a couple of them said yes. Three of them said yes, I think. And Centaur uh, was the label I ended up going with. So it was interesting because I did this, I guess, courageous thing of just like putting my album out there, asking people to help me release it. And so many of them rejected me. But in the end, I was able to bargain a little bit because I had a few different labels interested. Um and so the the relationship is basically they distribute the album uh nationally and and 
I guess you could even say internationally, when you think about the digital、uh, side of things, it's released digitally, so there's a lot of potential there.、Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, we had it more or less complete, and then they put some finishing touches on it, just sort of their standards that they have to go through, and、uh, they're releasing it. They released it for me, and now. I've got, I guess it's funny because I don't feel like I'm much better at playing the clarinet, but suddenly I've got this credibility that I definitely didn't have like two months ago. <laughs> and Derek, I want to go ahead and jump into the record, and I want to play the first track off the record, Lotus Fist. Oh, yes. This is a great one. Tell me about this piece. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm a big fan of two. Instruments that I don't know how to play but love the sound, and that's the shakuhachi flute,、uh, which is a Japanese instrument, and then the Chinese violin, the erhu. And so, this basically started as an experiment of me wanting to sound like those instruments,、um, and then it gradually evolved into this story. And the story is basically if you imagine an old sensei in their dojo, and they're Meditating, and there, there's peace, serenity. That's sort of the beginning of this. But then, in the middle, they get ambushed by ninjas, <laughs> and they have to defeat their enemies with their bare hands. And you'll hear that in the electronic drum part. <laughs> You're listening to Cultural Manifesto. My guest tonight is the musician and composer Eric Salazar, and we're listening to tracks off Eric's new album Soul Search, which is out now on Centaur Records. And you can go to ericsalazarclarinet.com for more information. And Eric, you kind of touched on this a little bit when you were talking about the track Siren, but I wanted to get a, a better sense of、uh, the role of improvisation on this、mm-hmm. record.、Uh, your clarinet on on some tracks sounds very alive and spontaneous, and it、mm-hmm. sounds like you're engaging in improvisation. How much of the record of Soul Search is composed, and how much is kind of you kind of spontaneously improvising on the recording session? Yeah, yeah, man. So all the electronic. None of the electronics are done the way you you call live electronics. They're all pre-programmed, so the electronics are pretty thoroughly, strictly composed.、Um, and then in terms of the clarinet playing, it's it's funny. It's from the classical tradition and more like a like a modern jazz tradition where it's notated. Like I've got the scores back home, but I wrote it so I can. Add little motives here and there. I can improvise a little bit on the melody.、Uh, so, 
there's a couple tracks like the title track soul search itself is all improvised uh but then there's tracks like sky so blue and time shift that those are yeah like totally scores i'm just playing you know a strict melody with some embellishment and Eric, one of my favorite tracks on Soul Search is A Necessary Pause, which is a very <laughs> meditative piece. And uh, the clarinet is kind of embedded in this chorus of electronic voices. And to me, this was a really amazing kind of fusion, as I said earlier, of mm. electronic music and clarinet. Tell me about the this piece. All right. So the basically, it was made when we were recording the album. We were kind of like, we needed a brain break because, you know, you play it, you mess it up, you play it again, you mess it up, you listen to your mess ups and you're like, ugh. So we kind of needed a brain break and we, I basically just said, hey Doug, I'm going to improvise. Why don't you just record it and then play it back to me? And so he did. And then every time he played it back, I played more. And so we sort of created literally in the studio in that moment, this layering electronic track and you'll hear things like I whistle into the mics I actually do some throat singing as well in that piece so that's part of why it sounds so cool and then processed clarinet sounds as well so it was created like strangely like completely on the spot and then I went back and wrote a melody to it I'm Kyle Long. You're listening to Cultural Manifesto. My guest tonight is the musician and composer Eric Salazar. And we're listening to tracks off Eric's new album, Soul Search, which is out now on Centaur Records. And you can go to ericsalazarclarinet.com for more information. And Eric, I want to totally break the mood of meditation right now (laughs) and go in a different direction. There's a track on the record that almost sounds like 
old school UK jungle or drum and bass music. <laughs> I don't know if that was the intention. I, I, I don't know the pronunciation. Braga drum. Braga Braga dum. Braga dum. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about this track. Uh, so I don't do much sampling, but I sampled here. Basically, I found this uh, sample online of this Eastern European beatboxing, and I just. I put it in my software, and I was like, I am going to play with this somehow. <laughs> so I used that. Essentially, it's funny. It's like a blend of hip hop and like some gypsy jazz. It's it's so fun. Uh, but yeah, it's basically I took that sample and looped it, and then threw in some extra uh, electronic sounds, drones, and some extra percussion uh, stuff, digital percussion stuff. Um, so yeah, it's it's just. I mean, it's like my first foray into the hip-hop world, I guess. And then I've actually done a little bit more since then. It's really fun and liberating to play. But I just, I heard the beat and I heard just the sounds that the, you, the, you'll hear on the sample, the sounds that are made with the beatboxing. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. And I thought clarinet is not the coolest thing. So maybe if I play with this, it'll make it cooler. <laughs> <laughs> listening to Cultural Manifesto, my guest tonight is the musician and composer Eric Salazar. And we're listening to tracks off Eric's new album, Soul Search, which is out now on Centaur Records. And you can go to ericsalazarclarinet.com for more information. And Eric, another track I really like on the record is Time Shift, which is very minimalistic. There's kind of an electric organ in your clarinet. Tell me about this piece. Yeah, so it's actually... It's another character piece. I've got sort of like three modes of composing. One is this sort of just depicting a mood and letting everyone create their own like sensation through that mood. And then another one is storytelling. Uh, and then the third is sort of, I guess, like a really, really rhythmic adventure. <laughs> uh, but time shift is st more storytelling. It's actually really based on this card game that I play with my friends called Sentinels of the Multiverse. It's like a superhero card game. So we have so many memories of just playing this card game. And you're all working together on a team trying to defeat this villain. Uh, anywho, there's a character. Uh, one of the heroes in the game is a droid, an android, Omnitron X. And Omnitron, the, the interesting part is Omnitron X is a hero, but he's 
a descendant of Omnitron without a Roman numeral. <laughs> Just Omnitron. And Omnitron is this robotic villain that's constantly rebuilding and repairing itself and creating newer, better versions to try to defeat the heroes. And Omnitron X, basically somewhere along the line, Omnitron was like, oh, it's compassion. That's what the heroes have. And that's why I can't beat them. It's the one thing I'm missing. So he reprogrammed himself for compassion and then that created Omnitron X, which once he had the compassion, he thought, oh man, I've done so many horrible things. I've got to make this right. So he actually creates this time-traveling device to go back in time to kill his original self. So, like, it's a very brave thing that he's trying to do. He's trying to go back to kill the original Omnitron, which would make him cease to exist as well. But Time Shift one of his superpowers is called Time Shift because it's him traveling through time. So Time Shift is actually just depicting Omnitron X dealing with suddenly an influx of very human emotions after being just a cold calculating machine. And so the like synth organ sounds are that robotic side and then the clarinet represents the, the human element of his personality. You're listening to Cultural Manifesto. My guest tonight is the musician and composer Eric Salazar. And we're listening to tracks off Eric's new album, Soul Search, which is out now on Centaur Records. And you can go to ericsalazarclarinet.com for more information. And Eric, I know you're a very busy person. In addition to your career as a solo performer and composer, you're also part of a, a really amazing new music ensemble called Forward Motion. Do you want to give us a sense of some of the things you have coming up in 2018 that you're working on? Yeah, yeah. So Forward Motion, uh, we have teamed up with the mighty Rob Funkhauser, local composer and electronic musician, and we're premiering a brand new work of his called Reflect and Release. And it's it's going to be a show where 
if you're into listening to music, you should probably go. <laughs> you don't necessarily need to be into classical music. It's going to be a show where if you're just someone who likes sitting down and listening to music like this, you, you've got to go. And Eric, it sounds like Soul Search was a, an accumulation of work you've done over a period of years. Are you already in the stages of kind of putting together the next project, the next <laughs> album in the discography? Yeah. Yeah, um, I've gotten into this awesome space of I have devised a way, thanks to the help of uh, my recording buddy, Doug Bielmeyer. Basically, I can use, if I have my laptop, I can use these digital effects pedals and run my clarinet sound through a mic. And instead of having to have all of the, like, tangible pedals I have all the like an entire like a Crayola box of pedals effects that I can run digitally so I've been experimenting a lot with that like using distortion effects and chorus effects and uh, you can hear a sample of that there's a, a track out just on YouTube called Chirp Fly Soar of mine where about 60% of the way through, suddenly I pop on a, a distortion effect pedal and it sounds really, really cool. That's that's where I am at now artistically, and I've composed, oh man, so much more since uh, Soul Search was recorded. So the next one, it's it's coming. It's gonna be, I think, even more adventurous if that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely looking forward to that. And Eric, I wanted to end today with another ambient kind of meditative track, "Sky So Blue." Mm. Yeah, tell me about this piece. Oh man, I love playing this. It's a musical depiction of freedom. So what I always tell people before I play it is imagine that you're a kid again and you're running down this hill and the wind is blowing through your hair and you're going really fast and when you get down to the hill you, you playfully tumble and land on your back and sprawl out your arms and you look up into the sky and you see the bluest sky you've ever seen in your life. And for that moment, it's just you in the sky. There's no such thing as responsibility. You, you don't owe anything to anyone. It's just total freedom. And that's what this is depicting. And Eric Salazar, clarinet. Dot com is the place to go to purchase Soul Search, find out what dates you have coming up, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, and the album Soul Search is out now on Centaur Records. Great album. Thank you so much, Eric, for being here to <laughs> talk about the music. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
I'm Kyle Long, and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto. Damon Carl is an Indianapolis-based singer-songwriter. Damon has a new single out titled Beautiful Girl, and he joins me now to discuss his work in the Indianapolis soul music scene. You told me just a minute ago you went to Arsenal Tech, so mm-hmm. I assume you grew up in Indianapolis, born and raised here? Oh, born, born and raised. Oh, my goodness. Where... Like it's it's so much so many places where I can be and begin because, um, you know I've, I was I I was a born and raised on the east side, and you know then we moved to the north side then we moved to the south side the west side it means I, I've been all over so definitely the map of Indiana is definitely in my head you know I can go anywhere and still find my way back you know I just kind of have that you know that niche with Indiana, you know, so it's, it's just, it's, it's pretty great when you have that kind of thing with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw online, I don't know if this is true, but your music career got off to a rocky start when you were in fourth grade at the talent show. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and you had a little <laughs> mishap. Yes, t- yes, t- yes, yes. Tell me about that. So, and uh, it, it was just so funny because when I, um, when I was in middle school or like elementary or something like that, you know, like fourth grade. Um, you know, I was I was the kid that was always very hype about everything. Yeah, I want to do this. Let's do this. So it came upon me where I was supposed to be in the talent show, and you know, I sung the talent show. I sung the easiest song in the world. It was I believe I can fly by you know R. Kelly, and you know I get on stage and I'm like, okay, let's do this. You know, my friends in the background are having me up like, man, damn, you got this. And that was, I, I, I got to say, that was probably my very, very first time singing, you know, out, out, out like that. And um, it was just so remarkable because, you know, I forgot the words to like maybe the second verse. And I was like, wow. I'm like thinking in my head like, I, and I just stopped completely, and I just stopped. Like, I, I was quiet. I was shy. Like, I was the most shy kid. You wouldn't think that, you know, coming coming from, you know, a uh, school where it's it's a bunch of kids, like maybe about maybe a 1,000 or something, and I was, like, I was the hype one. And, you know, it was it was really quiet, and <laughs> I just broke down and cried. It was it was funny. It was funny to me because, you know, how of where I, where I am now and, you know, how – how not shy I am anymore, and how outgoing I am right now, and it, it's it's just it's just remarkable where you know where it came from. So, yeah. Well, after that moment, when did you kind of realize that music was something you wanted to devote a substantial part of your life to? I, I think I think that very moment was like a pivotal moment for me because I was like, man, I, I never want that to happen again. I want to focus on this. I want to continue to sing, and you know. When I do have, I have a twin brother, and he he would play piano with me, and when whenever I sung, it would have like a certain impact on people, and I'm like, man, I want I want to be able to do that more. I want to do that more often. I want to have an impact on people about how they hear the song and how they receive it, and you know, it sometimes they would come up to me and say, hey, I felt this type of way about this song. You know, maybe next time you can sing it again. And, you know, I continue to do that, and I continue to pursue that kind of certain vibe or, you know, certain element of whenever I sung, you know, I kind of focused on what I was singing. Because, you know, I I don't like getting up there and singing anything, you know. I just, I, I go up there to, and, and sing my 100% passion into it. You know, it, it's just about, it's just about the way people feel. And I, I like the way, you know, I like the way, I like what it comes out, what I get out of it, what what I receive out of it. So you saw early on you had a yeah. gift to communicate mm-hmm. with people through music on a deeper level, and you want to use that gift to put something positive and, uh, or something that you believe in into people's for sure. lives and yeah, for sure. ears. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, I, I grew up in the church also, and that was kind of like a, a a, a background for me too also um on on singing meaningful songs and singing powerful songs that will make people you know react a certain way or make people feel like they're welcome um i, I I've, I've never wanted to bash anyone you know whenever i sung or you know talked bad about anyone whatever i sung about but i wanted to make them feel happy i wanted to make them feel joy you know i, I whenever i sing I want people to feel what I'm feeling through that song. So, you know, that that definitely 
um, you know, had a had a hard spot and hit a hard spot, you know, when when I decided to, you know, take this guitar along with me, and you know, I I, I learned it, I learned it very well, and you know, I'm I'm still learning it, but you know, I look up to different inspirations and different, you know, elements of how to how to cultivate that kind of passion. When did you pick up the guitar? I actually picked it up on my 16th birthday, and um, my mentor is through Big Buzz Big Sister. I was in that program for a, a few years, and um, my mentors, they, they got the guitar for me, and I was like, wow, I'm, I'm going to take this guitar and, you know, really, and I, and I had no idea how to play it, but I was definitely determined to learn it and to make it incorporated with my singing because, you know, a lot of people was telling me, like, hey, man, you know, it's very hard to sing with uh, and sing and play your guitar. Yeah, and I don't like to put labels on anybody's music or compare artists to each other, but uh, something when I first heard you perform uh, reminded me almost of a a singer like Raphael Sadiq who's able to to take the classic elements of soul music but bring it into the modern world Mm -hmm. in a way that's uh, very fresh. What are some of your influences? Um, I would say some of my influences are someone like Babyface, uh, Music Soul Child. Um, if we if we going back in time, um, I would say the Heat Wave, the Spinners. You know, people like Aretha Franklin, Ella Fitzgerald, and you know, it's it's just those heavy hitters that you know I kind of get that big, huge influence on because I think what I really want to do is. You know, taking take an old song, take it on, put it on guitar, and just make the world reminisce. Like, man, I remember that song when that came on. You know, I remember that song, and and that's kind of what I like to incorporate, bringing back the old school music and put it on guitar and bringing it you know, into the fresh world. And so that's 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 my major influences that I really. Light. Yeah, you mentioned the great Indianapolis soul icon, Babyface. <laughs> he was here in Indianapolis last summer for Black Expo, performing oh, yeah. at the Fieldhouse. I understand you got a chance to meet him. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, it was incredible. Did he have any kind of words of wisdom for you moving forward in um, your music? You know, he, he just told me to keep going and, and, and be me. Be the real me. Be the passionate Damon Carl that, you know, not, not, a lot, not a, everyone gets to see. You know, as as when I'm bringing my guitar out or when I'm on stage, that that real me tends to come out. So you know, I, I he told me just to just to bring that person out, try to bring that person out, no matter as often, no matter what. And you mentioned that uh, you pay a lot of attention to what you're singing about mm-hmm. and the message you're sending out to people through your music. Yeah. In the pop music industry, a lot of times uh, the message is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just trying to push a product and they don't care what the effect of this content, they don't care the, what the effect of the content has on the mind of the listener, what kind of frame of mind it puts the listener in, whether it's bad or good, right? Yeah. Do you feel any pressure to kind of conform to that value system as you're out there trying to rise up out of this Indianapolis scene and make an impact in the bigger music world? Yeah, I mean, as far as that, there there is a little pressure, but I feel like... You know, if if I can, if I can get to a point to where, you know, I can I can get my music heard, then there there's there's many chances of of ways to, um, you know, kind of shift the audience into making them like you know think about real lyrics rather than you know the the you know nonchalant music that they play nowadays, um, you know, because it's it's meaningful. You know when it when it comes when it comes from the heart, and you can really feel that it comes from heart. You know you can see someone that if you can see a difference if you see someone get up there, and sing some some random song that they have no idea what they're singing about. But if you see someone that has written a song or written their own song, you can see what they put into it. You can see the emotion and the feeling that they put into it. Mm. So I mean I, I I say it's it's a lot of it's it's little pressure but more more to do makes makes me makes me empowered to do more mm. makes me empowered to do more writing of the music and more original material talking about meaningful songs last year you released a single colors of the world mm-hmm. do you want to talk a little bit about the message behind this song and why you yeah. chose this as a single of course um you know co- colors of the world is is simply about uniting people uniting people as one like like it's it's so much in the world going on now 
that you know people people are lost and you know they're they're confused about you know what to do and um you know this song simply and kind of blatantly talks about you know things going on in the world but as one if we're talking about colors of the world we're one we have to we have to be together and we have to we can't be divided we can't like not like when i say divided we can't be against each other yeah let's listen to this track and i know you brought your guitar yeah. after we're done listening maybe you'll break the guitar out and do a live session up here with us right, <laughs> All right yeah. this is damon carl with colors of the world oh light skin dark skin caramel skin white skin tan skin what's the difference mixed with this and that that's what it is that's what it Less than one and the same of the eyes Who created it? Let the light shine And put away I'm Kyle Long, and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto. And I'm here with Damon Carl. We just heard his 2017 single, Colors of the World. And right now, Damon is going to do a special live session for us here at the WFYI studios.
Always and Forever. Yeah, go always for it. Always and Forever by Heatwave. Yeah, go for it. Always and forever. Each moment with you is just like a dream to me. Beautiful man, <laughs> Damon Carl live here at WFYI. Beautiful man. Thank what, you, thank you. What attracted you to that song? Um, just this, this, this the melodic love song. Um, just the melody itself, also, and and the way the words are explained slowly, because you can understand the words of the song rather than you know an upbeat song or you know uh, um, a, a very fast song and you know, it's just, it's just the words that really captivated me and really spoke to me. Um, it talks a lot about love, you know, and you can sing that to any crowd and, you know, get them involved. And, you know, it's just the song itself is, is beautiful. And Damon, folks can follow you on all the social media platforms at Damon Carl, and that's Carl with a K, right? Carl with a K. You can't forget about that. <laughs> Man, thank you so much for coming up here and yeah. sharing your music with us today. Any final thoughts you want to leave people with? Put 100% passion into whatever you're singing or whatever you're doing. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. People need to just, just understand what, what, what your gift is because we all have gifts. We all have gifts. People need to see that. You're put on this world for, for that exact reason. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Damon. Let's listen to your new single. Do you want me to play the studio version? Yeah, you can play too. All right. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful girl, I miss you. Come back to me and give me a chance. Not just mine, but a lifetime.
wish at the time I possess it to us to give you what you deserve don't wanna wait no more You're the right song that gives life meaning Cause I'm so in love with you Love me stronger, love me better than you ever will Cause I'm so in love with you That's all the time we have for tonight. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Kyle Long, and you've been listening to Cultural Manifesto, made possible in part by the Indianapolis Foundation, celebrating over 100 years of service.